0: God is good. God is good. All the time. time. Amen. So good to hear. Good to hear. I just uh, want to remind all of us that our God is good. He's good all the time. We are day by day assaulted on the character who our God is. I want to just begin by saying, we are in the midst of a season called Lent, Pastor Mimi mentioned already, in church calendar. 40 days that lead into the Good Friday and Easter, the Resurrection Sunday, the suffering and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this season, our church is going through a 40-day campaign using a material called a Life on Mission by um, Team uh, Halo. And I know this is the second week, as Hannah prayed, I feel like everything is synced so well today. Uh, the theme today is connect. Let me read a sentence in today's, uh, this week's uh, group guide, group study. It may seem obvious, but it was, it will, if we never connect and spend time with people who are far from God, it's going to be impossible to introduce them to Jesus. And Jesus set an example for us by hanging around with people who needed him. People who needed to be healed, not just physically, but spiritually. Today, this week, we really want to really think thinking about how God came to connect with the people in the world. The word we use, the theological word we use is incarnation. I think Tim Harlow uses a phrase called uh, and a, a God becoming a person, a, a meat in the flesh, whatever. He's a, he's, he, that's the term he used. But it, it is, we are looking definitely into this. In these 40 days, as you go to this campaign, my hope and my prayer is that we will get closer to our God, to the heart of God, to really understand the essence and the foundation and the heart of the gospel. Often it's so easy for us to forget and we end up majoring in minor things. And we're forgetting, and really, minoring in the important things. Just one more thought before we begin. In past, two, past few weeks, God has taken us to one of the most familiar passages in the Bible, Luke 15, the chapter called Chapter of the Lost and Found, where you'll find some of the very well-known parable. Parable of the lost sheep, where a shepherd who had 100 sheep, one was lost, he goes after and finds it. And there's a great celebration. And also we looked at the parable of the lost coin. Where this woman had ten special coins. And one lost lost. And she light up the light up the room and began to sweep through the whole house looking for that coin and finding it. And thus then rejoicing it. And also that chapter also has one of the most well-known parables: parable of the lost coin son, or we know, it, we know it as prodigal son. Jesus was a master storyteller. He knew who he was talking to. He knew who was in the audience. He knew who was in the crowd. He knew who was watching. So in, the, in this chapter 15, in this, in this, in this whole chapter about Lost, lost, and found things. He begins by saying this in verse one through three. Now, all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming to him and to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and scribes began to grumble, saying, "This man receives sinners and eats with them." They're grumbling. That Jesus will spend time and accept and spend time with sinners, those despicable people who are, who are outcasts of the society, who should be condemned. So he told them the parable, saying, and he goes on to tell the stories. And all these parables, the stories you find in chapter 15 of Luke, we've been looking at, is responding to that thing. That Jesus is responding to that the scribes and Pharisees, who are the religious leaders, we're complaining. I want you to have that in mind as we're going we to go into the passage and look at the story together. I think I forgot to pray. Let's pray a little bit. Let's come. Father, we love you. We say we love you, we love you, we love you, God. In your presence is fullness of joy, in your presence is life and freedom and joy. How, how wonderful. How beautiful we can come together in worship. In person or in online, God, we come together to worship you. Your presence is real. We thank you, God, you are here. We ask this afternoon, God, we want more than a good word or message. We want you. Be near us, God. You speak to us. You touch us, God. You open our eyes, open our minds, that you will be honored and lifted up. Oh God, we ask for your nearness today. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, amen. It's a little slow. The story story we wanted to look at today really is the, the lost sons. Apparently in, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through th- 11 through 32, is a parable of the lost son. It begins with saying, and it says, a man had two sons. A man had two sons. Really slow. A man had, you know, so let me s- stop and, I want to just have a little bit of context. It's almost like a Bible study here. I want to do a little bit of context here. In the chapter 15 of Luke, Jesus began one big story called One Parable. First portion talked about a man had 100 sheep and one was lost. One out of 100. And he leaves 99, goes after the one sheep until he finds it. Then there was a woman who had 10 coins. 10. One was lost. You know, the coin didn't roll away by itself. Somehow it misplaced, lost. She light, light up the house, light, light, lit up the candle, whatever, and began to sweep through the whole house, looking through all the cracks, and finds one coin out of ten that was lost. Now this story begins by saying, Father, two sons, one out of hundred, one out of ten, not one out of two. And so the story began, we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, and, this, and then son. The youngest son. You was not the older younger son. I see. Eberwey has two, two sons with him. I don't know which is older. Okay. And the young. It's the younger one who's a problem here. <laughs> 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 and as the younger son, you know, the, if you looked at the story, and 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 this younger son wanted to live his own life as he wished, asked for his own his own share. Of what's coming to him. He leaves home. Goes as far as he can. He wasted his life. And spending everything away. In a wild living. When he spent all. There was famine in the land. When he became to be impoverished. He became hungry. He got a job feeding pigs. Or hog. Hogs. And I tried to eat, I tried so hungry, trying to eat what the hogs eat, the pigs' food. And he even couldn't do that. Then in that place, he realized he came to his senses. And then he decided to come back to his father. And as he comes back, he, he rehearsed what he would say to the father that I've sinned and I've done wrong. Will you just make me like one of your servants? I'm not worthy to be a son. And as as he goes to his father, and father sees him far away, way down there. And father begins to lift up his robe, begins to run, and run, and comes and hugs his son, and starts kissing on his son. And father runs and welcomes him, and the rejoicing goes on. And, and, And father tells him to kill a fattened calf, and put a ring on his finger, and best robe and and the standard and everything. The party goes on. What a wonderful story. Right? Forgiveness of God and God who forgives. God, the love of God, demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Really, literally, it is true. Jesus never turned away any sincere, repentant sinner. There's no sin that he will not forgive anyone is welcome anyone who comes to him turns to him he forgives God so loved the world that he gave his only son what a wonderful story there's celebration in heaven when a, when a sinner repents and comes to God there's a great celebration goes on most of us do not understand do not hear but celebration goes on that and, and if and that is a wonderful story itself. It should have ended there, but somehow the story doesn't end there. Because father had two sons. Okay, let's move on. Let's see. That thing is not working. Okay, one more. Okay. Father had two sons. We going to look at the older son right now, okay? That says, if the story ended, it would have been a wonderful story. Everybody of it loved it. Great. Now remember, Jesus knew who he was talking to. There were was, was really responding to those religious leaders who, was, who were grumbling that Jesus was allowing the sinners to come to him and spending time with him, with them. And, and so that we, we say Jesus in, 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 that, in that story, Jesus is saying, Yes, we should rejoice. We should welcome them. That could have ended the story. We didn't stop there. It says, verse 25, and before I read that, it's not often when we when you look at this story, we stop there. We think the highlight is about the younger son coming back home, God forgiving him. Great. I think we usually stop there. We do not, we usually. Do not mention about the older son. We all usually gloss over. Just gloss over. But I believe this older story, older son's story is the unexpected twist of the story, the punchline of this story. Unless you understand this portion, you really didn't understand the whole of the story Jesus is saying. In verse 25, it goes in this way. Now his older son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of the servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, the servant said to him, Your brother has come. Your father has killed a fattened calf. Because he has received him back safe and sound. But this older son, he became angry. Literally, the word is ready to burst. He was enraged, ready to burst. He, was, he became angry and was not willing to go in. He refused to go in, NIV says. And his father came out, began pleading with the son. Now, the party is going on in the house. Celebration going on. And the son comes, he doesn't, he's angry, doesn't want to go in. But father knows he's here. He goes out looking for the son and says, begin to plead with him. To come in with him. Right? And then goes on. But he answered, the son answered. And said to his father, I want you, I want you to hear what he says. Look. Not father. Look here. You know he's angry, he's upset here. For so many years, I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours, and yet you have never given me, not a calf, a young goat, so that I might celebrate with my friends. Do you hear the resentment? Do you hear the frustration in, his, in here? Look, not, 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 oh, my dear father, and the youngest and he said, Father, he said, Look here. And you know, actually, NIV, actually, I like what NIV says. I have so many, for long, I have slaved for you. I worked all these years, slaved for you, and obeyed everything you asked, ordered me to do. But you have never given me a single young goat for me to celebrate with my friends. You see, it's bitter and resentful here. But, I want you to look at this. When this son of yours, not my brother, but your son of yours, son of yours came, he has devoured your wealth with prostitutes. You see that condescension. He just spent all your money with the prostitutes. You killed a fattened calf. I don't know what is a fattened calf. The steak here. Steak is good. Fattened calf. For him. You see here. You have to see here. The, the younger son, your brother, is come, came back home. The older son is how you angry and upset. Look at this. I want you to think about this son a little bit. The elder brother, he was angry, bitter, a resentful. He was the good son. He was the responsible son. He stayed home. Did all the work. He did all the things Father wanted him to do. Not only that, he, but his, he, that older brother, as you, you hear, there was a joyless work he did. It was fear. Based compliance, I slaved for you," he said. "I didn't just work for work. I didn't just work at the house. I slaved for you," he says. "And I never disobeyed anything you commanded. I have the NIV version right after that. Look at this. And he answered to his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you. You see the word slaving for you, and never.'" disobeyed your orders. Not wishes, your orders. You've been ordering me, I never disobeyed. I did all those things. I want you to hear something here. The son, older son, and in his words he's saying, I know he was upset, angry, but as his words are coming out, reveals what is in his heart. See, he said, I, was, I wasn't really a son, I was a slave working for you. Why did he do it? Not as, not as a son, I slaved for you. Why? Because you know this is this is what he thought. If I do this thing, Father love me, this is what a son ought to do. And I only to be doing this as a son, as a duty and responsibility. And this is what he's getting at here. I found some other some other translation somewhere. I don't know whether it's a translation or somebody said it. What gives, God? You threw a party for him? I've served Jehovah my whole life. Where is my party? I'm glad he's home and all. But if this is the way you treat your faithful children, it's no wonder, no surprise you don't have that many. I'm just saying. You see the bitterness here. But here's the thing I want you to understand. It's just, just the way the father accepted the younger son. You could see, you could already imagine father in those years when the son was gone. Every day, probably he went out looking for his son to see whether he's coming. I bet you, and now he was worrying about it. I bet you, I know the older son would have heard his father's worries and even tears at nights, worrying about his his son. All that in in this old time when his brother, when he heard the story of his brother coming, there is no concern. Is he okay? How, how is he doing? None of those. He's just angry that he, Father welcomed him. And he's and saying, "You you welcomed him? What about me? I did all the work. What, what he's saying in the words he said reveals what is in his heart. A couple more things about the son, older son here. The older son didn't really know the father's love here. He didn't know the father's love. He said, you didn't even give me a single young goat for me to celebrate in my friends. But you did it for him. He was comparing, comparing him with his, his brother. He did not know the father loves him. One more, one more thing about the older brother. You, you, you heard and you saw in his words, judgmental, critical spirit that came out son of yours, when he came, who divided all your wealth with prostitutes. There is condescension because I I did all the work. I am good. I am righteous. He is not. He is evil. There is a judgmental spirit which didn't want. He he was not happy with his brother coming back. You You know, remember, I want you to understand, the people listening, the scribes and the Pharisees, they know Jesus is talking about them. Jesus, they know Jesus is talking about them. them. We, we did, the, the Pharisees, scribe, they were religious people. They went to synagogues every week. She did, they did everything in the word of the Bible, commanded. They thought we are righteous, we are, ho- we are holy. One of, one, of the, one of the places the Bible talks about when Pharisees and a Republican, publican pray, not Republican, Republican prays. Okay, okay, sorry. There's a slip of the mouth, okay? When the uh, a Pharisee and publicans are pray, praying, pu- Pharisee said, God, thank you for your know, blessing me. I, I tithe everything I do, and I fast three times a day, three times a week. All those things, he knew he was righteous before God. And he's looking at the, we are not, I, thank you, God, I'm not like those guys. Often because he, this older son, for him, he did all these works. Therefore, he thought, this is, therefore, I'm righteous. He believed that my work deserved old God to do something for me. He didn't know God's grace at all. He believed that because I worked on all these, that God owes me, Father owes me, Father owes me to do something for me. Often this is what happens when we have our older brother spirit. We think that because since I did did a good life, I should have a good life. I deserve to receive God's blessing. I earned it. You come into, and, and if, if that's how you feel, then he, Jesus is not the Savior for you. Jesus may be your example. You, he's not your Savior because you are trying to save yourself by your works. And Jesus really getting at here is that there are a lot, in, even in the house, who are lost. You see, I, you know I, I just like that line he says, son of yours, man, not even is that even my brother, son of yours, come. But what I see here is more than anything else. So all, all this story Jesus is telling is that the father didn't have just one lost son. he had two lost sons, one lost son who was out there lost out there, but he came home, but his older son. He was in the house, but he was lost. He didn't know his father at all. He had no relationship with the father at all. He didn't know his father's heart. He didn't understand father's grace. He didn't understand father's love. He lived like a slave in the house. He was lost in the house. This is what often what religious people do, what re- people who live in religion does. If I do this thing as religiously, that God will love me. I am, should be loved by God, favor with God. Every religion in the world is like this. Me doing certain things, I'll receive favor from God. Because it's works that justifies me, not the grace. So this son didn't know the heart of God, father at all. Didn't know father's heart, father's mindset at all. He didn't know the grace of the father at all. Thus, This son, older son, was lost was lost. Now I want you to think about this. Younger son was out there but came home now in the, in the house we are celebrating. Older son was in the house. Where is he now? Outside of the house. Not in the house. At the end, it was younger son was in the house. Older son was outside. You see? This is why this, this older son, this story is the Punchline, this is the climax of the whole story here. And I really believe this is what God is speaking to a lot of us in the church. And, in a, and we are not Pharisees and we are not scribes, but even in the church, those who say we believe in God, we love God, often we become and become place where, if I do these things, God will love me. We, we live without grace. We live with, with our own righteousness. We, forget, we walk away from God's relationship. It's about me doing something. God, I pray, I tithe, I gave, I did all these things. You must bless me. You see God as some vending machine. If I put three coins, prayer thing, and then you put some worship thing, and some Bible study thing, and then you push the button, voila, comes blessing. That's what a lot of people think in, the, in our country. We think, if I believe in God, if I do these things, That God will give me prosperity. They are not looking at, seeking God. They are seeking things from God. And and so, here Jesus really speaking as he tells the story. There are two lost sons. In this parable, every one of us can see ourselves in some place in here. Where are you in this story? Where are you in this story? You know, and as I've been preparing, preparing this message, you know, I I'm was so, I'm so reminded, you know, it was uh, almost, a little over 40 years ago, young boy, didn't know nothing, confused. God spoke to my heart and didn't, was not even trying anything, didn't know anywhere, and God spoke to me, I came to know Christ. I'm grateful. And I got saved, and I came to know God and trusted God, surrendered my life to God. And in, the, in as the days go by, have I been really living in relationship with him? And have I turned my relationship with God into a something that I do, some kind of works I do? I wonder. I don't know where in my notes anymore. I'm sorry. I've been s- let me just a couple more things. Um, the, the fact that this young older brother is not willing. To embrace his brother, the lost one, who are found, shows that he didn't know the Father's heart. He didn't know Father's grace at all. He didn't know Father's mercy at all. He didn't have relationship with God, Father, at all. Reminds me, in Matthew 25, when Jesus says in the last days, that when God will separate the nations, sheep and goat, it says to those on the right, you said, you have fed when, when you fed me when I was hungry, when I was in prison, you visited me, and therefore you enter into the into God and Father's joy. He talks about that. And here, and, and so and, and, and goes on and also in the place in Matthew chapter 7, and end up the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, The people, I never knew you. They said, Lord, Lord, didn't he cast the demons in your name? Didn't he heal the sick? Jesus, I never knew you. And there are those, even in the house, those are religiously seeking, religious, who Jesus may say, I never knew you. Scary, isn't it? The most stunning Aspect of this parable is that the way it ends. Younger brother comes, comes back, repents, humbles himself, gets into the feast, he's, and saves is in the house. The older brother, the good man, who kept all the rules, is lost outside of the house. Love of prostitutes is saved. Man of moral rectitude is lost. One who is in the house with the father is the younger brother. The one who is outside the house, apart from the father, is the older brother. You see, hidden sins of the older son is that, you see, what, what he says shows what is in his heart. The anger, the, the, the uh, hypocrisy, the rejection, you see, oh, and resentment and all those things inside. And disrespect for his father, all those things inside shows who he was, where he was. And, you know, and then not only that, let's, let's look at this a little bit. And I want you to see what father says. Father says, says to this son who said, look, not even father. And, and all that he said, he says, father says, son, he says son. You have always been with me. He says, not you, you little, whatever. He didn't say that you, but his son, you have been always with me. And all that is mine is yours. All that is mine is yours. Father still tenderly loves him and speaks to him. But the father says, but we have to celebrate. It was fitting to celebrate, celebrate and be glad. It is right that we should make merry and be glad. And Jesus said now, you know, I said, now we must rejoice and be glad. And the story ends right here. We should celebrate. We should not only, not only should we embrace them, celebrate. You see, you remember Jesus talking to the crowds, the sinners and, and the text collectors, they know they, are, they, are, they identify themselves with the younger son. The scribes and the Pharisees identify themselves with this older son. And so the older son is outside. You said, we should celebrate. We should celebrate. The story ends right here. So what happened? Did, older the Did the oldest son come into the house or not? Did the older son come into the house or not? It's a cliffhanger right here. And somebody, some pastor, one of the pastors I, I, I really uh, study and, and really learn under, he said, "Let me make the two. Let let, let me let me. Why don't I, Why don't I make up the ending? The ending is missing here. Why don't I make an ending here? Number one, first ending." The older son sees the father's heart, the compassion, repents, and embraces father and goes back in the house with the father and embraces the son, younger brother. The first, our first ending. Second ending, so the second ending is this older brother picks up the stick, beats up the father, and kills him. That's what happened. That's what they did with Jesus. Right? They literally picked up the in a stick and killed Jesus. Story ended. Now, which ending would it be? Jesus saying, You decide. Will you come in? Will you enter into Father's joy? That will show that you understand my grace. You understand my heart. If you do not want to, you'll be still outside. The choice is yours. You see how dramatic this parable is. It's not just, yes, God forgives everybody. He does. He does. Now, there's a third part of the story that I need to share. Really, I need to preach next time. There's a third part to this parable that is you know, actually real story that I need to tell you next time. But here, you see, it's how it ends. Abruptly, abruptly. And and here is really Jesus saying a lot of things here. I want you to think about what God is saying. What God is saying here: there are people who are lost outside in the faraway land. There are people who are lost in the house. They're both lost. They're both lost. All lost. They need to come to the Father. We come to the Father by repentance and submission. When you come and repent, we, we confess our, our sins and ask Father to forgive. He forgives every one of those sins. He, and in a, he embraces us. He loves us. God so loved the world. That he gave His one and only begotten Son. He gave. So said nobody should perish. He came to save all. And, and, and here, you do not come to God by our works. We do not earn our ways to God's fa- Father's love. We don't. We come by trusting in His Father, His goodness and mercy. But we do things because we love Father. Not because we want to be loved by Father. We do things because we love Him. So where are you? Where are we? A couple of things I, I was really stuck to, really speaking to my heart is, what God is doing in these 40 days, as you are really looking into this 40 days campaign, God is really speaking to us. I'm, I'm, what I'm sharing, what God is speaking to us today, what, we, what he has been sharing the last few weeks, is nothing new. I know you heard him many times. The point is that we are not just called to missions to reach out to people. No, this is the very heart of God. This is who God is. This is his heart. Not just what he tells us to do. This is who he is. If I know who father is, I will embrace my younger brother. If I know who my father is, if I, know my, if I love my father, if God father has been touching me and moving me, I will love my neighbors. I will embrace the others. If I am saying, no, you don't deserve, no, no, you cannot come in until you are good enough. I mean, if I'm in the place, I have never known the father. I have missed out on the father's heart. And God is really reminding us and speaking to us. Not only are we called to missions, this is the very nature about God. This is why God so loved the world. He gave, he sent. You see, in you know, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus said, The Son of Man, Him, He, Jesus said, The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. Meaning, if I, if I came to seek and save the lost, in John 20, Jesus says, Jesus said to the, uh, to the disciples again, Peace be with you. As Father has sent me, I send you. As Father has sent me, so I come to seek and save the lost, I send you. Your job, your call is to go and seek and save the lost. Yes, this, this is a mission. This is the heart of God. This is His heart. Very hard. He's inviting us into God's Father's joy. Whole his parables about when a lost sinner is found, there's a joy. He said, and when the coin is found, there's a joy. When the son is found, there's joy, celebration. Father saying, enter into Father's joy. He's inv- inviting us into Father's joy. Lately, I've been hearing many, many testimonies of people. We are able. Uh, people touching the neighbors, and neighbors hearing about God through our lives. Like I love what Veronica says simply. And you know when, when the teacher said, "Oh, Veronica's prayer works. God answers a prayer." In, and, and that's a testimony. And uh, her, her co-worker saw that she prays, and the co-worker saw that God answers her prayers. What a testimony! And in that sense, she's saying God. The Veronica's God is alive. He is real God. He is almighty God. Our lives become a testimony. Because that's who our father is. Who our father is. The critical judgmental spirit. Is not from our father. It is not. And often church has been known with. And identified with judgmental critical spirit. God is calling us. Enter into father's joy. Enter into Father's joy. I'm not going to go into all the verses here. Many, many verses about joy. Okay. Let me go. uh, uh, Let me me end with this verse. I I, I quoted today already five, six times already. I I, I know you heard it many times. Listen to it here, here, okay? Because God so loved the world. He sent, He gave His one and only Son. Think about it. This is our gospel. The gospels are filled with story of Zacchaeus, stories of the, the woman in the at the well, says story of Matthew and Levi who was uh, Matthew Levi who was tax collector, of, of, the, of the simple woman who came and washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. All these stories about. People, Jesus will go after the and and the the and the the leper who come and Jesus touch. Every single story tells you that He was seeking and finding the lost. That's who He was. That's who we are called to be. That's our identity and call in life. Are you in the house? Are you are you outside of the house? Will you come into the house? Will you enter into Father's joy? Jesus connected with people. He came to the world to be with people, to love people, to know people. God is calling all of us as people of God to be out, there, to be connecting with people, those around. Who is he calling you, reminding you this week to touch and connect? Who are you talking with? Who are you, who are you supposed to who are you supposed to embrace this week? Who, who is he calling you to pray for? To carry his heart. Carry his heart. Let me add one more thing before I end. We saw in the word of God how the, the son was lost outside of the house. or son was lost in the house as well. I want to make sure every single one of us here, even in our house, understand. You can be in the house worshiping on Sundays, and you may not have a relationship with the Father God. You may be lost in the house. You need to be, and, and that's not acceptable. That's not the point. The point is not just doing good work. The point is that we know, come to know our Father, live in his relationship. I want to invite all of you into relationship, all of you into the joy with our Heavenly Father, even today, by turning to Him. He will do that in our midst. Amen? Let's Let's come to God in prayer. God, how you love us. How you delight in us, God. You saw who we were. You saw where we were, God. We were people broken, lost, confused, in bondage, in harm's way. But you came looking for us. You embraced us, God, with, without any re- re- reproach. You love us, oh God. You call us to be your sons and your daughters. We are who you say that you, we are, God. We come today, Father, we want to be more like your Father. You found us. You sought after us. You found us, God. We want to be in your business. We want to go and seek and find our brothers and sisters. Busted laws. We love you, God. We love you. We honor you, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let us all stand.